all I could do was like lay there or like sit somewhere and like wear my brace and everything was so painful. I had to relearn to walk and I was always sick because of my meds and I couldn't go to college. But I remember like sitting there and just being depressed and remembering one of those poetry YouTube things that John Piper had done. And he'd done one on Job and Job like tells his daughter, sometimes God is kind in ways that will not fit your mind. Welcome back, friends. This is Mindy Green. And I'm Carrie. And we are excited. We have a special guest with us today, one of our favorite people. Yeah, you got to know, it's one of our kids if we say that. <laughs> We've already said that how many times now? Twice? Yeah. And so today we want to introduce you to our middle daughter, Madeline. I call her Maddie. She's my sweet Maddie. She also has my name for her middle name, so I like that. Yeah. And so, Maddie, welcome. Thank you. Maddie, to start out, why don't we just set the stage for people by you telling where you're at in life, all the basics. I am 27. I live in Southern California. I have recently started my own business, uh, which I never thought I would do. Yeah. Uh, you and Aaron have always had like your own business. I don't want to work for anybody. And I was like, that's so too much work. <laughs> but now I'm doing it. I am a personal assistant for various entrepreneurs or business owners. And I actually am finishing my undergraduate degree in May. I'll be the only one of your children to have gotten a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I'm thankful you never pressured us to go to school. But sometimes I wish I was done earlier. <laughs> but it's almost there. It's yeah. Almost done. Yeah. We're going to have a big party, even remotely, if we're not together. When oh, you, I'll be here. When you, oh, yeah. That's right. You're I'm gonna, coming for Mel's baby. That's right. You'll be here. And so we'll all, all celebrate. Right. We'll celebrate big time. When is Sabrina due? July. Oh, okay. Well, I'll come then too. We got a lot of grandbabies coming in our I know. family. <laughs> I'm not going to miss one. I'm there every time. Yeah, you are. Maddie is the special auntie that the grandkids love. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to uh, talk with Maddie like we have with uh, our oldest son and our youngest daughter so far in the podcast, simply to hear and provide for you as a listener the kids' perspective looking back on what it was like to grow up in our home, and, and more importantly than that, what God has done in their lives. And so, Maddie, what are some of the memories you have of growing up in our home as it comes to the environment of the home, the kind of spiritual tone that existed, those kinds of things? What do you remember? I remember being very happy as a child. I don't think as a kid you like notice anything. It really sticks out to you because it's just the way that your life is, but like in contrast to how I have learned other people grew up. Our home was very peaceful and joyful and always being reminded like God loves you and I love you like mom would say and dad loves you and just like feeling secure in that. And I think now being a spiritually sensitive person, I can look back and feel the spiritual peace that was in our home um, versus like, Sometimes I enter a place and I feel the opposite, but I definitely feel like our house was a place of spiritual peace. That's a special way to say it. For the sake of our listeners getting to know you a little bit, elaborate a little bit when you say spiritually sensitive. What do you mean when you describe yourself that way? I mean, I don't know if I'd necessarily say 
it's different from any other believer in Christ. I think just as you grow in the Spirit, you know the Spirit, you know the Spirit of Christ in you, and you can feel that in a space. Or I think I've learned most when I don't feel it, Hmm. what peace feels like because of what the absence of peace or disorder or unrest feels like. Mm Mm-hmm. Just growing closer to the spirit, I think. I don't know. Sometimes I just like feel it in a place. Like I just don't feel settled and I don't want to be there very long. Sweetie, we have always loved watching your relationship with the Lord ever since you were little. And Thank you. Dad and I have great memories of you sitting on the couch with your Bible and something unique to you is you had a pile of three by five cards with verses on them. And you would go through them and review them. And it was just always very special to us, and we could tell that you really love Jesus. So I know that that's something that all parents want and hope that their children will develop as a relationship with Jesus in their growing up years and when they leave the home and they're an adult. What in your upbringing helped you to get there? I mean, what practical things do you remember that mom and dad did well, like from the time we were little, you were reading the Bible with us and explaining, not like dumbed down, but in like simplistic terms, you could say in like childlike terms. So teaching us eternal truths in simple terms, which I have come to learn that all eternal truths are simple. And sometimes mm-hmm. we need to go back to the simple. <laughs> and if that's all you focus on, that's all you need. Simple doesn't mean easy or easy to accept. Yeah, or it doesn't mean less important. doesn't mean they're not deep. just means they're simple. Or maybe to us they're simple because we've heard them so many times. Well, Jesus did say the kingdom of heaven is something that unless you come as a little child, mm-hmm. you can't receive it. So it is yeah. a simple thing. Yeah, which I think as a kid, mom telling us, and I'm sure you, dad, I just like have more vivid memories of mom sure. with that little red Bible that we had with yeah. the kind of graphic pictures. If we're looking back, <laughs> they were not cartoon at all. They were like watercolor of like Jesus on the cross. And you like telling us, who is it? Mal, that would always say our icky sins. Mm-hmm. Jesus came to take away your icky sins. Like when you're mean to your sister or disobey mommy. And he came to take those away and make you clean and happy and he loves you and telling us those things and I feel like as a kid I was just like wide-eyed like what (laughs) and like when you sin it makes God sad and I'm like what me (laughs) you know because like as a kid you're like little old me which I think is a good humility to have Mm. but also it's kind of scary in a good way of like I can affect God Mm. when I do something but then As a kid, again, those quote-unquote simple truths, you just accept them. And you're like, oh, good, but Jesus died for me. Sweet. Mm -hmm. You just move on and you're happy. And I remember like looking at that picture of Jesus on the cross and like thinking about it in my room and like crying little tears to myself. (laughs) But just being like so thankful. But then, of course, you have no doubt that Jesus covered you. And that's even something as like adults we still struggle with. I think that's what I mean by going back to the simple truths. They're not simple in that they're not important, but they're foundational. And sometimes we're like, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. But do we accept it, like you said, like a child? So honestly and genuinely and with full faith. But I think those things are easy to accept as a child. And like all you had to do was tell us those things in those quote unquote simple terms. But it's true. Yeah. And so that 
grows in the heart of a child and like my heart, like I don't want to make God sad, you know? And then you're so thankful that Jesus loves you. And like, of course he does. And that's so exciting. And, mm-hmm. and then you like go on with your little child life. But then we'd have like our little Bible that we'd read. I don't really remember like reading it in a quiet time when I was a kid. But I do remember like when we were older having like, you got to have your quiet time with Jesus and like read the Bible. And I just remember doing it. And it definitely was like one of my chores on my list that I had to do every day. Not that it was like I hated it, but it's just something I had to do. But I think like the times when as a family, we would read the Bible and dad would help us understand how to apply it. I think that started to get into my brain with my own reading. And then like probably when I was like 10 or 12, especially when I was like struggling a lot with condemnation, that's when I remember feeling like the word was alive and like, Mm. oh, like I think I know what this means and I think I know how it applies and it would like mean something to my heart. And that's when I would write it down on a card because I didn't want to forget it, Mm. Mm. even though I did not memorize all of them, not even most (laughs) of them, but they were just like my nuggets. And when I felt like really discouraged, like most of the time I didn't read my Bible, I would just read those cards because they already meant something to me. That's a good little habit. I like that. I should probably do that now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what I hear in that is you created for yourself what I heard one person refer to as an anti-depression list a resource of things to go back to when you feel discouraged or confused or need guidance or whatever that you knew had already spoken to you at mm-hmm. some point. And so they had meaning. I think that's a very, very uh, wise practice for a, a middle schooler to be doing. So way to yeah. go. Now, before we move on, I just want to make a commentary, something you said for the sake of the listeners. Parents, did you hear what Manny said about one of the benefits that came from regular family Bible time? was that through demonstration, it showed her how to read and apply scripture for herself. We tend to think it's all about the content. No, the practice itself is instructive. And so that's one of the reasons that you want to do that with your family regularly. And I also wanted to highlight, I think it could be very helpful for parents that, you know, very practically, I would have you kids have a quiet time every day. And I remember on your chart when I drew pictures I drew a picture of the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. and you kids would just look at your little kid's Bible. <laughs> yeah. But gradually, that was a habit of your life, just like you knew every day you had to brush your teeth. You knew every day that you needed to read the Bible. And so as you got older, that habit wasn't something that you dreaded or hated because it was just a part of life. Then we had our regular family times. So I just want to encourage you parents listening out there that these little tiny practices are invaluable to mm-hmm. shaping the heart of your child. You know, the verse that talks about train your child in the way he should go. Well, we trained our children to read the Bible to learn about Jesus from little age all the way up till they leave the home. So when they leave the home, they're still doing that. And so that's a huge point for you parents to remember. I agree with you. Totally. But I think I would say to rid parents of disillusionment that 
if you teach your kid to do this, like it'll be easy and they'll never dread it and they will always want to. And as an adult, it'll be easy for them to do it. Like, I don't think that's true. And that's not the nature of kids with a short attention span. And I like did quote unquote dread having my quiet time a lot because it was just like a chore in my kid life. Or sometimes it was like, oh, we have to have family time. Like, I want to play. That's just the nature of kids' minds. But like, we went and we did it and it taught me. And it wasn't like I'm coming out of it so angry at you Mm. that I have to do it. Just like I'm not coming out of sweeping the kitchen or doing the dishes so angry that you make me do that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just part of life. Even if I do dread it. And even like, as an adult, especially for me struggling with like being too black and white and self-condemning, I would beat myself up if I didn't have my quiet time because in my mind, I felt like that's something I need to do to honor God. And then if I didn't have it one day, I was just like in the depths of guilt. And that like took me a while to get over. And it felt like a chore for a long time, like something I had to do. Not that I wouldn't get like joyful encouragement out of any of those times. I don't know if this is different for any of the other kids, but like in my personality, but like coming out of that and maturing and especially learning God's grace in Christ. Like I had times where I purposely was like, I'm not going to have my quiet time, Maddie, and you're just going to have to deal with it for like three days and know that God loves you anyway Mm -hmm. and like rest in that fact. And then the consistency of it later became like a beauty thing that's like my daily bread. And like, I remember in high school noticing some days when I didn't have time for it, being like, oh my gosh, I'm so irritable today. And I know it's because I didn't like set my mind Mm -hmm. on Christ at the beginning of the day. And Jess and I even talk about that all the time. She's my best friend from childhood. Well, but we'll be talking on the phone. Like, I've been so irritable this week, but I think it's because I haven't had any time with Jesus. It is really true, and it becomes something that, like, I need for encouragement and just so I don't get lost in my own, like, selfishness. But I think I just wanted to say that, like, because I don't want people to be like, oh, my kid doesn't want to do it. I don't want to force them into legalism. Like, yeah, and what am I doing wrong because they yeah. don't want it. And that's a good way how you described it, because you're right. I think we all struggle with that at any given time. Do you remember us telling you on your days off that you didn't have to have a quiet time? Yeah. And that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes I would feel at the end of my day off a little yucky and a little gross because I was thinking about myself all day (laughs) and what I wanted to do. And sometimes on my day off, I would have my quiet time anyway, because I felt like it made me more of like the person I wanted to be and like kinder to my siblings and my friends. As an adult, I do it now and I do it consistently Sometimes I have so much work and I feel like I need to do work first, but I do it now. I mean, A, to honor the Lord by like giving Him my first fruits of my day, kind of. And also because kind of like working out, like when you work out consistently and then you miss a day, your body like feels it and you like crave the strength that comes Mm -hmm. from being consistent, even though it's really hard. And sometimes spending time with the Lord is hard and you feel like you don't get anything out of it, but you like grow in strength. And then if you miss it, I feel like you crave it because it's like something that's yeah. keeping you alive. That is powerful. I really love that illustration. Madeline, I love how you described that and kind of the struggle you went through with feeling the guilt and having your quiet time. And that was one reason why dad and I said, you don't need to have your quiet time on your day off. 
or if something unexpected were to happen and you didn't have your quiet time or we didn't, you know, we would talk about it because we didn't want it to be a legalistic thing. So I'm just glad how you described what you went through and the process of growth that you went through because we want the listeners to know that parents, you need to teach your children that quiet time is most important. Spending time with the Lord is most important, but we've got to work it out and work it through the stages of life with your child. And your child is not going to think it's the most happy thing from day one. They grow into it. I mean, we should know that because we feel the same way as adults. We struggle with that sometimes. So thank you for sharing that process. And we just want to encourage you parents to stick with it and talk to your kids about how they might feel that way or that if they are feeling that way, it's okay. And talk it out with them so that they know that God is not condemning them if they are not enjoying their quiet time. Yeah, or if they're struggling to have it, there's nothing spiritually abnormal about them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Believers in Christ struggle with the flesh still. Yeah. And thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit's power to do that. Now, for fear of people hearing what we're describing and thinking, you had kind of a a heaven-kissed life and you haven't had to go through any hardship, let me take you forward a few years from what you were just describing to your college age years, and you had a very serious accident, jumping off of a cliff into water and wound up breaking your back. Talk to us about what happened in your faith during that time. Yeah, when I was 18, I got in a cliff jumping accident. Don't go cliff jumping, kids. It's not fun. (laughs) And little caveat here, though, it's funny because she was going to a place where I had gone with a youth group. Yeah. And so she called us on the phone and told us what she was going to be doing. And Mindy was feeling a little hesitant about it. And I was like, great, sounds like a fun time. Go have fun. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, it didn't turn out that way. But it ended up not being great. And I ended up bursting a vertebrae in my lower back. It was definitely like not something you expect happen, especially if you never had an injury. Definitely didn't know what had happened to me, but I knew something was wrong. After impact and like on the way to the hospital, But I just remember being maybe like too calm. I think I freaked my friends out. But just thinking in my mind, I should be freaking out because something bad happened. But I wasn't freaking out. And I felt very peaceful and not afraid. And the spirit just like spoke to me in that moment and reminded me of as a kid, I just remember hearing about people whose kid died or husband or wife died or parents died and they would turn away from the Lord in their pain and think, oh my gosh, I don't know what I would do. And like, I hope I wouldn't turn away from the Lord. And I would pray like, God, don't let me turn away from you if somebody dies (laughs) or something really bad happens. I pray that all the time because I was so scared of it. (laughs) Because in my mind, it didn't make sense why those people had and like they hadn't quote unquote showed any signs of that to me. But just like in that moment, noticing how peaceful I felt, the Spirit spoke to me and said, like, kind of basically like, something really bad has happened and you're so peaceful and you're trusting me because I'm helping you trust me and like, I'm not going to let you turn away. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, now I know. (laughs) So that was like a sweet thing. And definitely it was probably harder in the recovery time. And I remember saying to mom, I'm depressed. And I knew I had never truly been depressed before. Mm. And I was like, I am for sure depressed. 
Mm. Yeah, it definitely was a struggle, but the Lord brought me through it and I couldn't see, you know, obviously any reasons for it. But I remember also probably after telling mom I was depressed, all I could do was like lay there or like sit somewhere and like wear my brace and everything was so painful. I had to relearn to walk and I was always sick because of my meds Mm. and I couldn't go to college. It was in August and I was supposed to go later in August which I'm so thankful that you guys took care of me. But I remember like sitting there and just being depressed and remembering one of those poetry YouTube things that John Piper had done. And he'd done one on Job and Job like tells his new daughter at the end, he says, sometimes God is kind in ways that will not fit your mind. Hmm. Well, when I heard it, I remember thinking, I should remember that because I might need that someday. And I thought of it like, on my bed when I couldn't do anything but lay there and I was like I think I need it now mm. and now I know God like grew me a lot through that but kind of changed the course of my life and I didn't go to that school and I went somewhere else and maybe it even changed my personality I think I got a little more risky after that <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing that it, <laughs> you know it, yeah it didn't grow more fear in you yeah <laughs> yeah well Maddie from the outside looking in I saw all those things. I saw the depression and the struggle to fight through the recovery because anybody who's been injured knows recovery is the hardest part because of the strenuous nature of what you're doing. But I saw your faith as well. I saw you asking the right questions and seeking answers from the Lord. And I have seen since then him using that circumstance to strengthen you in so many ways. I've been so amazed at how active you are and how zealous you are to go do things. And I forget you ever even broke your back. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, the surgery and everything kind of took care of things, but still, it's quite amazing what the Lord's done. Thank you. It's a great testimony to His loving kindness. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned that happened during that time was that you realized that that fear you had of turning away from the Lord was not happening and that God himself was keeping you. Well, that was at 18. Now you're 27. There's a lot of water under the bridge since then. You've gone through some gloriously joyful times. You've gone through some hard, hard, hard times. Talk to us about God's faithfulness. What have you learned in the last nine years about his faithfulness to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I have learned what it means that God is faithful and Obviously, he calls us to be faithful, but I know personally, maybe I took that on too much. And like this last year, the Lord confronted me about something that I couldn't forgive myself for. And he was like, why can't you let me forgive you? And I thought about it and it was kind of like, because I can't forgive myself because I didn't think I was capable of that. Mm. And he was like, why? Obviously not audibly, but just like in my heart. And I realized it was because of like how I was raised and like being in a good family and family that loves the Lord and being someone who loves the Lord. Even if I would never say it or didn't know, I believed it, but I kind of believed there were certain things I just wasn't the kind of person to do. And then when I did struggle with some of those things, just like not being able to handle it, 
because I didn't have a space in my brain for me being that way. Mm -hmm. And the Lord just confronted me. He's like, you thought you were a certain kind of person. And then after that, I saved you for all the rest. And not base level that like Jesus just died because we're all so broken and unable to literally be righteous on our own in any way. There's no certain kind of person who's more likely to be any certain way. Mm -hmm. Even though I was raised in a good home and that was just like really confronting to me and like really hard to realize that I'd like had that pride in my heart that I didn't know my whole life. But then it was really freeing to be able to give that to the Lord and be like, okay, like I need Jesus more than ever. And like let him just like wash me with mm. his like refreshing water. I just feel like the ocean and water has been such a beautiful symbol to mm. me of like the cold refreshment of his mercy on me. And like I was saying before, like those simple truths, you get used to the gospel when you've grown up with it. But I've never loved the gospel more. Not like I, we don't have to talk about anything else, but the fact that Jesus washed me and has given me his righteousness, that's just so wild. And I still obviously like cry about it all the time, but I feel like after that, like my faith was refreshed like a little kid. And I'm even like preaching to myself because it's just, it's all on him and his faithfulness and too. Even the faithless, he shows himself faithful, and his mercy is greater, and he's the one that keeps us and draws us and makes us righteous and sustains our faith. And even when we don't believe, like, he helps our unbelief. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, I just want to, like, stay rooted in that. And if I never learn anything else deeper or more theological about the Lord, I don't care, because that's, that is the beauty Mm. of walking with Christ and of his faithfulness and just like his abundant mercy like the ocean. Mm. Yeah, we never outgrow the gospel because the depths of our depravity are always outpaced by the magnificence of his goodness and glory and mercy. And so, like you're saying, that's an ocean we could drown in all our lives mm -hmm. for all eternity and never get the bottom. I love your unique testimony or sharing on this episode because I think it can be really encouraging to the parents listening because if there's parents out there who feel like they don't know a whole lot about the Bible themselves or they didn't grow up in a good home where they have an example to follow in raising their kids, I think something that you've said over and over again is the simplicity of God's truth is really what matters. And that's what took root in your heart. That's what God used to draw you to Him. And the things that you remember growing up is you remember us reading the Bible to you, telling you that Jesus loved you, He died on the cross for you. And so if, if parents can just even read through the child's Bible with them, teaching them as they are learning a little bit ahead of the child, but being consistent with it, and along with that, loving their child themselves as the mom and dad because that is a huge way of showing Jesus's love to the child. So I just I just love what God has done in you, of course, Madeline, but I also love that it could be an encouragement that 
parents don't have to have a degree in Bible school. They don't have to have grown up going to church every single day of their mm-hmm. lives. But if they love Jesus, then they can easily just pass that on to their child. Yeah. Well, I knew you loved living by the ocean. Now I understand more of why. It is a very special symbol that the Lord's given you there. Mm-hmm. You live close enough to you can go out and see it every day. Yeah. And that's that's really incredible. Well, as we wrap up, we always like to pray for the parents who are listening, you know, not just at the time we publish this, but there will be people hopefully years from now listening to this. So could I ask you to pray for them? Yeah. Father, we thank you that you are the perfect model of a father. And I just thank you that you're so patient, even though you're perfect, you don't expect us to be in you, delight to give us all the help and wisdom and mercy that we need and grace abounding. And I just pray that you will comfort any parents' hearts that are listening to this that are overwhelmed by parenting um, or struggles with their kids or their marriage and they're not sure what to do um, or even in their own faith and that you will comfort them that no matter where they are, they can rest in you because you're faithful and you're not going to give up on them. And just let them be able to turn to you humbly and ask for your help and trust that you will give them that help. I pray that you will just guide them in your wisdom to teach and nurture their own faith as devoted to Christ as a model to their children, but also that they can nurture their children's faith, that you'll show them how to do that spirit in every moment of every day. And we love you, and we thank you for loving us. Amen. Well, friends, we would love it if you would join us in a prayer project praying for everything we're doing with Morning Mindset Media. You can become a part of our prayer team by going to morningmindsetmedia.com slash prayer team. I'm really experienced at this. (laughs) Test, 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 test. Oh, my voice is so weird. I'm not going to be able to do this. I can turn you down. Yeah, I don't want to hear myself. That's better. My head's a little smaller. That's okay. Better than big. Yeah. Yeah. True. Welcome back, friends. We have a special you want to introduce ourselves? Yes. First? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have automatic um removers now. Really? It's pretty amazing. Well, and they're pretty good. Unless the um is part of a sentence, like if somebody goes, um, I don't know about that. Mm. It'll like chop the eye a little bit, Ooh. but they're getting better. Yeah.